I'm excited today to offer this special discussion with Dr. Lydia Hughes-Evans, who is an organizational consultant, and uh, she and I have had a discussion about some really cool things, opportunities for camps uh, at this time of the year, but really throughout the year, I think we can build on some really cool stuff. So Dr. Hughes-Evans, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely, Travis. It's my pleasure. This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. A big thanks to our sponsors who make the Camp Hacker podcast possible. Imagine camp registration software that actually gives you more time to do what you love. With UltraCamp, you can effortlessly track attendance, manage staff, streamline registration, and more. Explore now at ultracampmanagement.com slash camphacker. Why spend hours on your schedules only to find mistakes and missed activities for your campers? Let Camptivities do the heavy lifting and help you create the best schedule yet, without the mistakes and in less time. Come check out Camptivities, specifically designed for camps by camp people. Find out more at camptivities.com. I am so grateful that you reached out and I'm so grateful to have this talk because I think um these kind of big picture organizational things are things that camp people struggle with. And um, a lot of us got into this business because we like working with kids or we love working with young adults and some of the businessy side of things, big picture side of things are a little harder for. So I- I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. I wonder if there is um, to start us off solid, what are some opportunities that organizations don't see um, for some organizational stuff that, 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 you know, that kind of thinking and that kind of seeing often, and I think it's really is a seeing problem as much as anything else. Yeah. I think a big part of that actually has to do with capacity. Um, I, so much of nonprofit functioning is like on the go and like, we're, uh, running the train and laying the track at the same time as it were uh, throughout the process and so just that aspect of like constantly kind of being on the go constantly needing to address situations putting out fires as they pop up i think that's probably the biggest thing that stands in the way of us really being able to get to that thirty thousand foot view to really be able to see uh, our organization from the way that we need to as leaders and what ends up happening is uh, instead of us leading it it begins to lead us um, So, yeah, that makes sense. I often say to my people when we are um, with consulting clients and we're meeting on the regular purposely so that people have some accountability. And I often ask at the end of a a conversation, tell me one thing you're going to do this week that is big picture, that is not just answering emails or in our case, answering parent questions and concerns. Um, You know, the one big thing, like make that commitment to me. So I love that, that thinking, and I'm grateful to you for that. What drew you into this kind of work um, doing this for nonprofits and, and the the specific stuff you're doing as an organizational development consultant? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've always wanted to be able to use my skill set to support the community. Um, And I thought I was going to be a teacher uh, growing up. So that was my kind of goal to be a high school English teacher. Uh, But that didn't work because I'm an introvert. So (laughs) I had to find some other kind of means, although I do actually use my, my, I do have a teaching credential uh, for K through eight. And I did teach in some public schools and private schools and did some academic tutoring. 
Um, and then I also worked in the nonprofit space. And in the nonprofit space, I worked um, primarily in uh, group homes with kids who were in foster care and juvenile probation. I did adolescent drug treatment facilities, um, community mental health agencies. And I, it was it was just kind of over time that I had this kind of, I guess, barrage of skills yeah. <laughs> and yeah. pieces of things that I really liked. And so it wasn't until I found organizational uh, development and organizational leadership that I'm like, oh, I can put all these pieces together and actually help organizations. So that was like really exciting. So I'm from St. Louis. And when you're well, at least my experience you're from the Midwest, you don't know what to do. You just keep going back to school and accruing more loans. And finally, <laughs> I ran into something that works for me. So, yeah, yeah. Well, what is it about uh, what is it about the field that 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 you enjoy that you're so passionate about? Oh, my gosh. Um, being able to help uh, organizations to be able to do what they do sustainably without killing themselves. Um, yeah. That's probably. <laughs> Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing. I know um, everyone is so passionate. People work so hard, especially in nonprofits. Summer camps, I'm sure, exactly the same. People are wearing so many hats. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of underfunded on the operational administrative side of things. So uh, most people who are in the nonprofit space are super scrappy, but that could also be exhausting. Um, right. and, 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 and unsustainable too. So yeah. I think that that's the biggest uh, thing that brings me the most joy is helping to be able to share, uh, ideas or thoughts or tools or to be a thought partner so that you can continue to do the work. Right. When you start with an organization, where's your usual starting place with them? Oh, so my, my free consult question. First one is, uh, what keeps you up at night? Okay. And that usually tells me everything I need to know yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. because it usually falls into one or two or three different categories or themes. Um, yeah. And yeah. so as a systems thinker, um, I'm always looking for uh, what's underneath that iceberg, right? What's underneath the waterline. So you're telling mm -hmm. me that these are your pain points, but I'm thinking about what systems and structures uh, do, do we need to be able to leverage to address that pain point for you? Right. Can you tell me more about what a system looks like that you implement with somebody or that you you often, I guess, what, what sort of systems are, are you specifically talking about? Mm, so sometimes it can vary. Um, it may be actually just standardizing policies and procedures for yeah. something, uh, yep. just about any administrative task. Um, in particular, or even thinking through the process. So there's a lot of process mapping sometimes of thinking through like, what does it take to get this done from, you know, who all is involved and how can we actually streamline this in a way that uh, makes it more effective um, with what we're doing. Um, a lot of the times it's also what I call program development. And mm -hmm. that's something that um, I actually ran into when I was running group homes. We had to submit to the county a essentially a program plan of how we were going to be able to support the youth, uh, what services we were going to have, how we we're going to support their behaviors, all the staffing and the outcomes. And we need to be really clear about the outcomes and also how we we're going to measure success. And that is, I think, something that um, we don't do as much in the nonprofit space. Of yep. and, and it really taps into like grants and donors and everything else, right, is uh, being really clear on what program or service we're providing and how people benefit and how we measure that success. Right. So right. sometimes it's uh, 
kind of doing an assessment of, of that and trying to put in systems and structures that help to support that. Every year, it's the same thing. Lots of hours spent working on the daily schedules only to find mistakes, missed activities, and lots of stress along the way. Why is it so difficult? There's got to be a better way. And there is. Camptivities. An activity scheduler made specifically for camps by camp people. Group scheduling or camper scheduling, they've got you covered. Different day schedules, no problem. Auto scheduling, you got it. Elective scheduling, yep. Batch scheduling, of course. Schedule the way that works for your camp. With over 50 different reports, you'll be able to see the data easily. So, when a parent calls and says their camper didn't get an activity week one, pull up the group activity tracker and see exactly when that activity was scheduled all summer long. Modernize the way you do activity scheduling. Make it easier to collaborate with team members. Get rid of the mistakes and make sure your campers are getting to all the activities your camp has to offer. We'd love to show you the next big thing in camp. So don't wait until the new year. Start the onboarding process now and save 15% for the first year. Visit camptivities.com to set up a time to chat. Let them help you get away from your desk and back out into camp. You used a term before that I just want to clarify for people watching. What is a process map? Oh, process map. Um, super fun. Okay, so like I'm creative, but like I, I'm not this kind of creative, but they have yeah. software for this, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so it's basically okay, so um we can we can map out and sometimes I do it on a whiteboard. Um I want to be able to um uh let's see, come up with something 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 simple I'm trying to think of. We could do hosting an event. How about that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to host an event. And so in order to be able to do that, we have to think of all of the steps, every single step that it's going to take from beginning of like thinking through sending out the invitations, figuring out the logistics, where we're going to have it, who's going to be a part of that, um, and all the steps in between. And so that's really what process mapping is, uh, is just thinking through all the steps. And once you start to think through the steps that it takes to complete a task, um, usually it's, it's almost like that peanut butter and jelly situation, right? Yeah. It's like, how yeah. do you make a sandwich? It's like, oh, you take two pieces of bread and you do this and this. Oh yeah, you also do this. Oh, I forgot that this has to happen too. Right. right. Yeah. And so it's that kind of mapping it out visually so that we can see it and really make sure that all those pieces matter, that we actually need all those pieces. Is there some redundancies? Are things happening mm-hmm. twice so we can cut some of that out? Is there too many people involved in the process and we could reduce that and we could use their their energy somewhere else? So it's just a visual representation of what it takes to be able to uh, complete a task. Yeah. One thing I've seen come out of process mapping that I've been involved in is often identifies a person who's a bottleneck. So a person who slows the process, you know, our team's ready up to this point and we're just waiting for approval and, you know, the the executive is just too busy or, you know, you know, and then you get stuck at a point and by mapping something like that out in, in camp, you know, I think of intake um, when <clears throat> new families are coming or families are arriving yeah. at camp. You're looking through that whole process and making sure that there's no process slowdowns. That's right. You know, just how we organize things and and you know figuring out how to work through or around or with the person who is the actual like who's slowing the process down. Mm-hmm. Um, but mapping it out allows you to be like, oh, here's a point. Yep. Maybe even it's you being able to show to an executive, see, this is where we're stalled. That's right. um, because That's things right. are sitting in your desk for too long. It really, you're absolutely right. It really helps to streamline decision making um, yeah. and, and improve decision making and and uh, and the speed at which 
you know, things are able to get done. Right, right, right. Were there any other challenges in your work in, in nonprofit work as an employee that really stood out to you that you said, I, I really need to fix this? Yeah, well, as an employee, there was always low morale. I felt like <laughs> we were always like, we were excited about what we were doing, but it was hard work. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there, I felt like morale was kind of always low. We were kind of always trying to keep ourselves uh, up in some way. Yeah. Um, definitely high turnover, always mm-hmm. a situation uh, that yeah. was, and that it just it impacts everything so much uh, with knowledge transfer or knowledge management or lack of that. And, and people having to start over because the, nobody knows how to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, just there, that was a lot with, with turnover. Um, and I also felt like on a lot of lines, like, the infrastructure, like even like how we did tasks and systems made our job worse or harder. Sure. Uh, yeah. and it didn't need to be because the work's already hard. So like anything to alleviate that would have been um, would have been helpful. And also, I think at the end of the day, like scrambling to like do reports, uh, like things that are like monthly things or quarterly things that. Yeah you know, are going to happen and that you have to do, but it felt like every single time it's like, damn, at the last minute, the day before we're all like rushing, everybody's scrambling, everybody's stressed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why is this? Like, (laughs) so those are some of the things I definitely experienced as an employee that was just, uh, it it just added to the challenge of, of the work. Yeah. And I assume in your work as a consultant, you see a lot of the same patterns. A lot of the same stuff. Uh, it was interesting because I didn't, when I was an employee, I didn't really quite know how to put words to what mm-hmm. I was seeing and what I was yeah. experiencing. Uh, but as a consultant, that's definitely been helpful. Um, in addition, some of the things that I see as a consultant is uh, just like non-existent or under underdeveloped HR processes or operations yep. processes or management processes, which is like a situation. Um, also, just us not having enough administrative knowledge or staff or support to be able to move kind of some of the supplemental things forward that it takes to be able to do the bigger things, right? The admin side of things is usually pretty, pretty um, lacking and that really impacts everything else. Uh, And then what I would like to call nonprofit crisis mode, which is we're always like in this reactive space, Mm -hmm. as opposed to proactively thinking about strategy proactively thinking about risk management, proactively thinking about how we manage resources. It's always like, oh my God, this fire happened. Now we've got to pay attention to this. And then, oh my gosh, this happened. And now we're jumping over here to pay attention to this. Um, so that that's the biggest thing that I see that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. It, is there an answer to this? Is there a way to make this better? I think so. I think, yeah. so. I, I yeah. think that that answer is probably uh, systems thinking. Okay. And in in short, I kind of have five basic pieces of what that actually looks like. So, um, I mean, they have whole books on this stuff, but like, let's make it simple, right? Sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so first of all, think about the idea that your summer camp is a living and breathing complex organism. So it has moving pieces and parts, just like our, our body does. Mm-hmm. And any gaps or misfits uh, in one part of the organization or like a disease or like something that's not work- functioning well impacts the uh, all of the your summer camp operations um, and, and staff and everybody who's working in it. 
Um, so when we talk about organizational systems, some of those include like the design or like the infrastructure, the skeleton, as it were, of like yep. how your camp is structured or organized. Um, it also includes staff roles and responsibilities and how those roles kind of interface uh, with each other um, and also your everyday kind of tasks and workflows. So those are some of the things that when we're thinking about systems. Uh, that's what we're looking at. Um, people, of course, are the core drivers of change and mission and innovation. So therefore they matter. But the systems in which they operate in matter even more in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because you can't outwork a bad system. It doesn't matter how great you are as an individual or as a leader. If your system is not uh, uh, supporting your work, it's actually hindering your work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so without built-in accountability, um, and uh, at all level, at all levels, then your system will function poorly, and it'll inevitably like collapse, right? Um, and so uh, I find that when people were bringing problems to me, even personnel concerns, like I'm having problems with this particular employee or different things like that, ninety percent of those problems stem from systems issues. Right. 90% of them. And if I can go in and we can identify what those systems issues are and leaders can start to make those adjustments, that impacts literally everything. Now, if we go in and we change the system, if it's an employee issue and we adjust things and make it make sense, um, if you still have that problem, then you may have a personality issue or like a culture fit issue. But 90% of it is really systems related um, and systems impacted. I'm going to take a second to thank UltraCamp for sponsoring the Camp Hacker podcast. UltraCamp has an offer exclusive to Camp Hacker listeners that allows you to discover the best marketing tools and apps for camps. They put it all together in a little bundle that's been updated for 2023-24. If you go to ultracampmanagement.com slash camphacker, there you can download their free guide, the marketing toolbox. When you think about this job, do you remember, do you focus on, do you consider at a lot of moments in the day what drew you to the camp experience? UltraCamp knows it wasn't for paperwork. Um, it wasn't for metrics. It wasn't for bookkeeping. That's why they have created an all-in-one platform to streamline your program management. You can say goodbye to the hassle of learning and managing multiple platforms to run your camp. With UltraCamp, you can effortlessly register and manage campers, generate and direct communication networks, Organize schedules and activities, process payments and donations. AlterCamp's goal is to help their clients spend less time in the office and more time doing what they love. If you want to know if AlterCamp is right for you, please again go to altercampmanagement.com slash camphacker. They offer free customized demo sessions so you can see their software in action. AlterCampmanagement.com slash camphacker. Based on the stuff that you've been talking about today, is there some things that camp leaders, nonprofit or not, that, who only have a small window, one hour a week or two hours a month, put towards something that they could do to make these systems better, make things run smoother. How do you think they could best use their time? I love that. So um, we started off talking about capacity, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think that that idea of, of, of personal capacity is so important to be able to free up enough psychic and emotional and mental space to be able to even start to think about and look at uh, yeah. systems and what needs to happen. So what I would encourage the first step actually would be, would be taking out a blank sheet of paper um, and dividing it into three columns. 
and kind of mapping out what you do and how you're spending your time, because that's going to help you to figure out uh, how we can build in some more personal capacity for you Mm -hmm. so that you can actually then look at your camp and really see what's happening and what the camp needs. Uh, So those three columns, that first column with column A is the things that I currently do that are a good use of my time and that are in my job description, whether I like to do them or not. Right. So you're going to list those things out and uh, uh, put a little bit of a time um, connection to it. So per week, how much? So maybe intake, how much time does that take per week or um, uh, supervising staff? How much time does that take for you per week? Right. So that's going to be column A. Column B is the things that I currently do that would be better delegated to somebody else, even if I like to do them. Yeah. That's a situation. Right. Totally. So, so a lot of the times, you know, we're like spending our time doing things. We're very busy and, and, and busy, but not necessarily doing those things that really only we can do. Um, And sometimes we have our pet projects that we like, but really if we could move those off of our plate and focus on these bigger 30,000 foot view issues, that would really, that would really help us out. And so your third column is the things I should do but I never have time for because there's too many things in columns A and B. Right. And a lot of the times I find that inherently Travis, people know what they should be doing or what needs to be doing, or it's those things that kind of sit in the back burner that causes you anxiety and stress because you know that you're not getting to it, but you also know that you not getting to it is negatively impacting everything else. Of course. Yeah. Right. So um, I didn't come up with this particular model. I love it. It was my friends and my colleague, uh, uh, Lisa Solomon at Solomon Strategic Development that came up with that kind of frame that we've used a lot to be able to help people to figure out. um, uh, And so the idea is, first of all, to start in column B, right? And to think through how those delegatable items, where can we make that go? Could we get a virtual assistant? Um, Like, what are some of the things that we could do to move some of those items off of our plate? so that we can then incorporate those items in a column C, right? Um, And then also uh, what I'll provide to you too, Travis, is into your your listeners. uh, I do have an organizational health assessment, Mm -hmm. which is a document that goes through um, my kind of four areas of organization, which for me are adaptable infrastructure. So it has some questions that you can ask about your summer camp about like your kind of uh, system structures and infrastructure wiring, your skeleton. Um, some questions around resource management, some questions around staffing, and then some also some questions around sustainability. And for me, sustainability is making sure that we are building up our organization, building up our camp in such a way that it can continue to serve others past our lifetime, um, right. past us being here, right? Because this is really why we're here doing the work. It's not just for something we're going to do on the fly and then we hope that it collapses, Right. But we're really trying to build something that's sustainable. So there are some questions uh, that as leaders build out their personal capacity and build out those little one hour and two hour gaps they can use, then they can start to go through that assessment and see uh, along with what they already know needs to happen for their camp. What are some other things that else maybe need to pay attention to as well? Right. All right. When camps are thinking, and this is prime time, we're recording this in the middle of May when it is absolutely the most stressful time of year. But if we if we do find some time soon or in short little chunks now, what are the benefits of of spending that time on those things? 
Oh my gosh. So uh, the obvious one is you're reducing your liability. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a risk like, problem. That's number one. Yeah. Is it really is a risk issue. And so, you know, when you think about like you know, incidents that you may have had at your camp or uh, problems that are chronic problems that you keep having the same issue over and over again, or you keep trying to explain the same process over and over again. Um, those are things that can lead to greater, larger issues uh, in relationship to liability. So taking the time up front now to be able to invest, it saves you so much time and possibly even money uh, later on down the line, money in staff retention, money in, um, you know, uh, uh incidents that are taking place that we have to figure out that we don't need, um, all those kind of things. There's definitely, it also provides an opportunity for, like we talked about sustainability yeah. and also um, cons- consistency in impact of your programming, right? So that's a big thing is that we're serving youth, we're serving adults. We want to be able to serve them well and consistently. It doesn't matter how many different groups we have coming through. And so streamlining our systems and structures really ensures the fact that each individual that comes to our camp is receiving equitable services mm. and support uh, and, and, and our best, right? We're giving sure. each group uh, our best. And that really comes from taking the time to streamline our systems and think about our systems. Right. All right. Trying to think of a, a, a strong way to to finish this off here. Is there one piece of advice that you or one focus point that you would get camp camp directors to to be thinking about? Absolutely. This time of year, any time of year. Any time of year. Um, I think that camp is so much about learning and exploring and innovating. And that's what we're encouraging camp participants to do, right? They're learning and exploring and innovating, learning about themselves, their peers, the world around them. Um, and so I think that it's going to be important uh, for us as camp leaders to continue to extend that culture of uh, learning and exploring and, and innovation into how we operate. Right. Um, because we want to be authentic. Right? So what we're putting out there and what we're encouraging others to be able to do, we want to also practice that um, ourselves. And so camps are like inherently learning organizations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. constantly learning and growing and developing. Yeah, that's great. Dr. Hughes Evans, I am so grateful for your time today. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. My pleasure, Travis. Thanks so much. And thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Bye.